0: Lord,
1: for thy grace, that we thy place may be.
2: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts, and we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY, that's eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. 543 3788 Now let's join today's program. The Old Testament book of Psalms includes 150 individual psalms. While the majority of these were written by David, others contributed to this wonderful portion of Scripture. Bible scholars throughout the centuries have realized that by virtue of how the psalms are arranged, they are broken into five distinctive groups or books. Book one of the psalms, for example, includes Psalm 1, through Psalm 41. The second book begins with Psalm 42. But what is critical to realize in this divine arrangement is that each successive book takes us to a higher spiritual plane than the previous book, so that at the end of Psalms, we are brought to the highest peak in the experience and enjoyment of God. Bob Danker has joined us today as we come to Book 2, which means we're at Psalm 42. And uh, I think we have a marvelous beginning today, don't we, Bob, to uh, the second book of the Psalms?
0: That's right, Chris. God's desire is to bring all of His chosen ones into the highest enjoyment of Himself. And in the Psalms, we can see a progression in the Revelation that is presented here by the psalmists who were many, I think, in number, not just one. This book was written by a number of psalmists. Yet all the psalms present one progressive revelation from Psalm 1 to Psalm 150. And in this revelation, we go step by step higher and higher in the enjoyment of God, in the house of God, and in the kingdom of God. And in all of these psalms, the center of these psalms is Christ, Mm. the very God who was incarnated to be a man who lived on the earth, who suffered Uh, God's judgment on our behalf, who resurrected from the dead and who ascended to God's right hand. All of this is to bring us into the full enjoyment of God in the house and kingdom of God.
2: Well, it's been an interesting journey through this first book of the Psalms, these first 41 Psalms. And as we've seen, Bob, now in uh, many of these previous programs, it begins with David exalting the law of God. Yet, uh, in, even as early as Psalm number two, he does come to Christ. But yet then he falls back into an appreciation of the law. Again in Psalm 8 he's back up on the mountain with Christ and it's kind of an up and down situation through these 41 initial psalms in the first called the first book of the psalms. But I think probably it'd be fair to say Bob that the distinctive characteristic of book 1 really is the law. It's the dominant item in this first book, isn't it?
0: Yes, and this law as you said Chris is in opposition to Christ. So uh, God wants us to turn from the law Mm -hmm. to Christ, because it is through Christ that we can be brought into the enjoyment of God in the house and city of God.
2: Well, in the first segment today, I think we're going to see a a kind of a comparison in a general way between Book 1 and Book 2, particularly how these two books start. And just to remind our listeners, Psalm 1, Bob, begins by telling us that blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of Jehovah. And in his law, he meditates by day and by night. But the second book of the Psalms, which begins with Psalm 42, begins this way, Bob. As the heart pants after the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and appear before God? So, Bob, one of the books begins with the law, the other clearly begins with God, and I think the question that awaits, and Witness Lee will help us with it, is which do we prefer? Here's Witness Lee.
1: The Psalms are composed with uh, five books. The five books are like a stairway with five steps. Psalm 1 begins with the law. That is the beginning word of Book One. But have you noticed how Psalm 2 begins? You look at it. As the heart pans after the stream water, so my soul pans for you, O oh God. Amen. Don't you feel the freshness Amen. of these two, the love of God? Which one do you prefer? Which is better? Who's the best? God. You have to realize that the Psalms are going up. From the first book to the second book. Then to the third. Then to the fourth. Then to the last one. That reaches the high peak of this book. And the high peak of this book is Hallelujah. Amen. Now Hallelujah means what? Praise Jehovah. And that means, praise God. The second book begins with God, and the last book ends with praise God. What other things do we need to talk about? <laughs> it uh, struck me very much that Psalm Book 2 begins with panting painting for God. In verse 1, the word pent is used. In verse 2, the word thirst is used. My soul thirsts for God. Pent for God. Thirst for God. I love this predicate. Panting for God is different from worshiping of God. Right?
2: Bob, I think a comparison clearly shows us that there is a, a going up here between book one and book two. We're not taking our delight in the law now, are we? We're not meditating on the law day and night, but we are panting and thirsting for God. This is real progress. It is a great progress.
0: Actually, if we delight ourselves in the law, we end up in a thirsty condition. That's right. <laughs> There's really no water in the law And there's no way for the thirst of our heart and our soul, our inner being, to Mm -hmm. be satisfied by the law. There's no supply in the law. Uh, There's only a, a demand and a requirement, which, as we go on in life, we realize we cannot possibly satisfy. So gradually we realize that we can't appreciate the law. We should appreciate instead God himself, only God can satisfy the thirst of our inner being. Every man on this earth, regardless whether he is rich or poor, successful or unsuccessful, it doesn't matter. Every man has an inner thirst for God. So ultimately, we have to turn from everything to God Himself because only He can satisfy our inner thirst. This matter of the psalmist panting after God also shows us that God's desire. "...is not to be the lawgiver to us, but to be the living water for us to drink." This is a marvelous revelation, and it's the revelation of the entire Bible. God wants us to drink of him. He is the living water to quench our thirst.
2: Mm. Bob, there's uh, another factor that's introduced in the second book, and that relates to God's dwelling place, God's house. We saw just a couple of vague references, really, in the first 41 psalms to this matter. But by the time we come to the second book now, this becomes more of a feature. And as we go to book 3, book 4, book 5, eventually this becomes quite a dominant theme. But this matter shows up in this second book as well, doesn't it? It sure does, Chris. I picked just one verse here in Psalm 43. uh, Verse 3, it says, "'Send forth your light and your truth. They will lead me. They will bring me to your holy mountain.'" and to your tabernacles. Witness Lee picks up this point in this uh, coming section. And uh, the tabernacle, of course, was a temporary dwelling place for God with his people in the wilderness as they were brought out of Egypt. Uh, But, of course, the New Testament begins with this matter of the tabernacle. In the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and reality. And then, of course, as we continue into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes very much on this matter, just to pick up one of his utterances in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in spirit. So let's join Witness Lee as we get into this matter in the second book of Psalms, beginning with Psalm 42.
1: Book one of the Psalms, has turned the psalmists from the law to Christ. And Christ has brought the psalmists to the enjoyment of God. Christ told us, is the way, right? Christ brought them to the enjoyment of God. Don't forget, book two begins with the direct enjoyment of God. Not only so, in the first book, it doesn't say the house of God and the seat of God so strongly. Somewhat, God was homeless. Why? Because, you tell me, who is God's home? Laws are not a home. Who is God's home? God's home is Christ as the tabernacle. In the Gospels, it tells us clearly that God, by that time, got a home. Actually, is a portable home. It's a tent. It's a tabernacle. Christ is God's tent. Then later on, Christ, God, mingled with his believers. And his believers become his extension, enlargement. So the church is God's home in the second time, You better go back to read book one. You could hardly see a verse telling us the home of God, the house of God, so strongly as in the second book. Not only so, when Christ was the tabernacle of God, there could never be a kingdom. When this tabernacle becomes a large, it becomes the temple, the church. And the kingdom is signified by the city. Jerusalem was built on a mountain range, and that mountain range has a high peak. And on top of that high peak, you have a temple. And that high peak is called Zion. On Zion, a temple was built there. And that temple is God's house. Around that temple, you have Jerusalem as the city, signifying God's kingdom. So in Book One, rarely you can find a verse that says something about the city. But in book two, it began to talk about the city. So God, the house, and the city.
2: Well, Bob, we're really seeing this a progression from the first book of the Psalms to the second book. You know, in Galatians, Paul says that the law was a kind of a child conductor, right? Or a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. And in a sense, I guess this first book of the psalm has done its job. It's brought the psalmist from the law to Christ, hasn't it? That's right, and this is uh, where we all need to be brought. We need to be brought to Christ
0: so that we can enter into the enjoyment of God in the house of God and in the kingdom of God. Christ is the one who brings us into God, into the enjoyment of God, and into the house of God. Even as John's Gospel tells us, Christ himself, in his incarnation, he was the tabernacle of God, and he was the temple. And he told the Jews that if they destroyed this temple, he would raise it up in three days. Of course, he was not referring to the physical building in Jerusalem, but he was referring to the temple of his body. So in Christ's resurrection, it was not only Christ who was resurrected, but All the believers in Christ through all the generations were resurrected with Christ and in Christ to be the enlargement and expansion of Christ. And this is the church, which is the house of God in the New Testament age. Of course, the church will consummate in the New Jerusalem Mm -hmm. in the next age and in eternity. So God's house is the church. And also in the New Testament, we can see clearly the church is the kingdom of God. So we have these three things, Christ, the house, and the kingdom. Christ, when he is enlarged in his believers, becomes the house, the church, and the church, when it is strengthened and expanded, becomes the kingdom. And in this realm of God's house and God's kingdom, God's people have the rich enjoyment of God himself, which is progressing and going higher and higher as we go on with the Lord until eventually, as it shows us in the Psalms, we all end with hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) All we can say is praise the Lord, Uh praise God, hallelujah, because we are in the enjoyment of God, we're in his house, and we are in his kingdom.
2: We and God are enjoying together. He mentioned, uh, just quickly in passing, a uh, reference to a verse, I think, very well known in John 14, where the Lord, you know, the disciples had been asking the Lord, to what was the way to God, what is, show us the way, and he said, I am the way. Uh, well, that is the way, not just to the Father, but as you've pointed out, if we take Christ as the way, we're brought to the Father, but then we're also brought into the full experience and enjoyment of Christ and God the Father in the house exactly. and ultimately in the kingdom, aren't
0: we? This is marvelous, Chris. This is a very mysterious thing. You know, as you pointed out, John 14, the Lord said, In my Father's house there are many abodes. Yeah. What is this house? Well, if we read the chapter carefully, we see this house is Christ himself. This house is God, the triune God. So Christ became a man. He died on the cross to bring us into God, into the house of God, so that God and we could have a mutual dwelling place and a mutual enjoyment of one another for
2: eternity. He becomes our dwelling place, our house, and we become his dwelling place. As you said, a mutual abode. This is divine and mysterious, but uh, it's our destiny, Bob. It certainly is. Well, let's go on to our final section today. I have to say I love this. It's a small point in one sense, but in another sense, it's too marvelous. I'm looking in the recovery version now of the uh, book of Psalms. And as I said, book two of the Psalms begins at Psalm 42. And uh, the heading and the title of this psalm, it says, To the choir director, a miscal of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah, Bob, that's a, a reference to the Old Testament Korah, the one that rebelled against God and Moses, who became chief rebellious one. But his descendants, Korah's descendants, become writers of the Psalms. John, Marvelous. Marvelous <laughs> is right. Here's Witness Lee.
1: Now, another point. Psalms 42 to 49, all together eight. You have to know the first eight Psalms of Book 2 plus oh. Psalms 84, 85, 87 and 88. 8. These twelve Psalms are the holy writings of the sins of Korah. Korah was the leader of the rebellion against Moses and God. After about 470 years, Samuel the prophet, Haman the singer, and some other psalmists came out of Korah. They became holy people. One became a prophet, Samuel, and one became a singer in the temple, and his name, Haman. And uh, some others, they became also Psalmists. This means what? This means even the descendants of a leading rival became the godly writers of Psalms praising God in the holy writings as a record existing for generations. Korah was over, gone. But some of his descendants wrote something. And this something is ranked with the holy books in the Bible. And they are here existing for generations, but they are faithful. The tall people, they were not the sins of David. They were the sins of a very, very low people. That was Korah. And this shows us all the Psalms are written based upon the infinite grace of God. They are sinners among sinners. They are the sons of that great sinner, rebel. Korah. Yet they became holy people writing Psalms, praising God in the record. And today, who are we? I tell you, I'm a reader of the Psalms. This poor reader is a son of some fathers. They were top sinners. How about you? Even Within these two weeks, my thought was, my goodness, I'm just a poor sinner. I was. And in the sense, I still am. I'm just a poor sinner. Who am I? Yet, this poor sinner today becomes a speaker, a speaker of the Holy Word.
2: Bob, here are these descendants of Korah. You know, one of the great sinners, really, of the whole Old Testament, and they're given this position to become contributors, writers of the Holy Word. And we, really, are in the same situation, aren't we? That's right, Chris. We're sitting in front of these two microphones, <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> speaking the Holy Word of God. Who are we? Exactly. And how did we arrive in such a place? Well, what can we say? It's only by the infinite grace of God. Uh, All of us are the sons of rebels, the sons of sinners. None of us has anything in ourselves to boast of, and yet the Lord has brought us to such a situation where we are among his holy people, Mm. and we are readers of his holy word, and we even can become speakers of his holy word. I believe the Lord would like every one of his children to be a speaker of his word, not just a few but everyone. But this is altogether a matter of God's infinite grace to take us from our low estate as the sons of sinners and sons of rebels and to transform us into his holy people who enjoy him in his holy word and eventually can speak him forth in the word or as the word. We speak mm. this word to others. This is a great grace from God.
2: It reminded me, I recall from our study in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew opens up with this long genealogy of Christ, and in this genealogy there are these five women mentioned. Of course, Mary as the mother of uh, Jesus. But the other four are kind of notorious figures in one way or another from the Old Testament. There was Ruth and uh, Tamar, I think, and Bathsheba and Rahab the harlot. I got them out of sequence there, but the point is, Only one of these five were a chaste virgin, not being married. The rest came from a sinful background, which is another indication that there is a place in God's economy for us, the vile, rebellious, and sinful ones, isn't there? This is marvelous. (laughs) A testimony to God's infinite
0: grace, and for this, what shall we say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We can only praise God for his infinite mercy and grace
2: that makes us his holy people. And we are those, Bob, who are here only by virtue of that infinite grace and by the covering of his precious and shed blood that removes all of our past and background. And now we're enjoying him and his salvation available to us and becoming equipped even to be those who could speak his holy word. How marvelous. How marvelous. Well, I, I really enjoyed the points in this program, but I just have been ushered into kind of a fresh appreciation we need to be delivered from the law. We need to be delivered from our rebellious and sinful background and really into the panting and thirsting after God and brought on peak to peak, Bob, as we go on. This is a marvelous view. Well, we hope you'll um, contact us, get the printed life study message. Uh, I think uh, we barely could do it justice. Uh, this is a, one of, the, I think, the uh, classic messages in this life study, at least in the first part of the book. It's the Life Study of the Book of Psalms. It's a two-volume set that covers all 150 psalms, and uh, we're just now finishing the first of these two volumes. So if you'd like to contact us, we can give you information about how you can receive these printed volumes. Follow along with us day by day, and then have this resource for your own study. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. We'll continue on now in this life study. We're in book two of the five books of the Psalms, so stay with us for as many as you're able to join us for. And for Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks very much for being with us today. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to
0: Thee. Receive us into Thy
1: wise hands.
2: You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.